Coming to you live from midnight at the Clown Asylum, it's the Dockiverse Podcast, episode 138, Under the Onion Tree. I am your announcer, Doc Cross. This week's theme is cats. On this episode, we've got a horror movie review, readings from the Doclopedia, and a random place. And now, before the seltzer bottles and the knives come out, here's Doc. Hello there, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm glad to have you all back. If you wondered about that strange introduction announcer thing just now, that's because I was reading from a script that I had made up for the fellow who was going to do the guest announcer duties, but then he had a lot of family drama happen and he couldn't do it. And I didn't want to impose on anybody, you know, at short notice to do one. So I just did it myself. I hope you all have had a good week since last time we got together. And I also hope that those of you who are listening to it are enjoying the Roadcast, which is my other temporary podcast that I'm doing. And another thing that I need to talk about right now is that all of the PDFs that I have on the Patreon including a couple of new ones, have all gone up to the $3 tier. So to get a PDF, you're going to have to kick in 3 bucks a month. And that's just how it goes. I decided, you know, my time, my effort is worth at least that much. You can still listen to the podcast for as little as a buck a month. That's not going to change. Of course, another thing that's not going to change is me thanking my wonderful highly intelligent, damned good-looking, and lovable patrons over on Patreon right up at the front of the show every time. So, thank you, Marion. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Avis. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, James. And thank you, David. You all are great, and I hope you enjoy not only the show, I hope you enjoy the roadcast. I hope you enjoy the fact that I'm using themes every week now, and I hope you enjoy the two new PDFs I put up. So our theme being cats, and it being the first podcast of the month, it is time for a horror movie review, and so I'm going to review Cat People. Cat People is a 1942 American horror film directed by Jacques Tourneau, and produced for RKO by Val Luton. The film tells the story of Irina Dubrovna, a newly married Serbian fashion illustrator obsessed with the idea that she is descended from an ancient tribe of cat people who metamorphose into black panthers when aroused. When her husband begins to show interest in one of his co-workers, Irina begins to stalk her. The film stars Simone Simon as Irina, and features Kent Smith, Tom Conway, and Jane Randolph in supporting roles. Production began in 1942, with Luton being placed in charge of developing RKO's low-budget horror films. He brought together a team of filmmakers that he had worked with in the past, including Tournier, editor Mark Robson, and screenwriter DeWitt Bodine. Cat People was the first film upon which the team worked. They were given the title by an RKO executive, who instructed them to develop a film from it. And you know what, folks? That sort of shit has not changed one bit 
in the what? 80 years they've been doing it. Some executive says, hey, I got an idea. Let's make a movie called Candy Aliens. Go do it. And that's how it gets done. That's why you have some really shit movies out there. Anyway, getting back to what I was talking about here. After researching various horror films and cat-related literature, Bodine and Luton developed the script with Luton doing extensive uncredited work on the story. The film was shot in RKO Studios, using sets from previous films such as The Magnificent Ambersons. During editing, Robson developed a technique later called the Luton Bus, a jump scare that Luton used in his subsequent films. Cat People had its premiere at the Rialto Theater in Manhattan on December 5, 1942, before having a wider release on December 25th. Initial critical reviews ranged from negative to mildly enthusiastic. The film did well at the box office, being one of Archeo's biggest hits of the season. Several horror films of the 1940s and 50s were influenced by Cat People, either drawing on the film's shadowy visuals or containing a female character who fears that she possesses a hereditary trait that makes her transform into a monster. The film was followed by a sequel, The Curse of the Cat People, in 1944, and a remake, directed by Paul Schrader, was released in 1982. The film has become well-known, even though it was created as a B-movie, because it was selected by the Library of Congress for preservation in the National Film Registry in 1993. Retrospective reception of the original has been varied. Some modern critics have described it as the film of being too subdued for the genre, and they have deprecated the quality of the acting. Others have praised the film's atmosphere and sophistication, with critic Roger Ebert describing it and other Val Luton productions as landmark films of the 40s. So, I've seen this movie, folks. I think it's interesting. I don't think it's exceptionally scary, although there are a couple of scary parts to it. Um... You know, I'm not going to go over the plot because it's like I say, it's a woman who thinks she turns into a Black Panther and, uh, well, maybe she does. You have to watch the movie. Now, the cast, part of it, the main cast, was Simone Simon as Irina Dubrovna, Kent Smith as Oliver Reed, Tom Conway as Dr. Lewis Judd, Shane Randolph as Alice Moore, and Jack Holt as Commodore C.R. Cooper. Um, I can tell you that the sequel to this movie, not nearly as good, deals with a small kid, little girl, uh, you know, not that great. Um, the movie that they made in the 80s, the remake, was very heavy on the sexiness and the eroticism and weirdness because you had a pair of people who were the cat people and that makes it actually cat people because in the original movie it was just one person so it should have been cat woman or something um but yeah the 80s remake was not nearly as good uh it started malcolm mcdowell and i cannot remember the young lady's name but uh yeah that one you could probably skip so this movie is not like a pillar of 1940s horror but it's not a bad movie and it does contain cats and therefore it fits right in with this week's theme so there you have it cat people 
I didn't go on as long as I normally do on movie reviews because it's late at night and I'm actually kind of tired. And next month I will have a movie fitting whatever the theme is on the first week of the month. So let's move on to something else. And now it's time for readings from the Doclopedia. And going with our theme of cats, all of these are based in some way on cats. The Doclopedia, number 1489. Is this your cat? I'm just asking because you have several cats, Mrs. Finster, so I thought you might have a new one. I mean, he comes over to my house every night and I feed him. But I used to do that with your one cat, Sonny. I liked Sonny. Yeah, he's pretty big, isn't he? I've never seen an orange cat with black spots before. He's got strange colored eyes, too. He's a big guy. Must weigh 15 pounds or so. Funny, because he eats mostly fresh vegetables and only eats a little bit of tuna. And he likes coffee, too. Yeah, I know I look tired. I've been sleeping eight or nine hours, but I still wake up tired. It's been going on for maybe two weeks now, about the same time as I found this cat outside my door. I have these strange dreams about soldering wires and gathering up electronic parts and chemicals, and welding too, even though I don't know how to weld. I'm lucky my job as a security guard lets me catch a nap or two during the day. Noises from my garage at night? Huh, couldn't be me. I've been going to bed early. Maybe I left the radio on out there. Or maybe it's aliens from that UFO the cops said they saw a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I think they were smoking weed, too. Well, if this isn't your cat, I'll just hold on to him for a couple or maybe seven more days. Anyway, thanks, Mrs. Finster. The Doclopedia, 1,205. Strange Pet Ailments. Feline Transparency Syndrome. Cat owners everywhere are worried about this new ailment that slowly renders the animal nearly invisible. Since cats are often underfoot and move pretty much silently, it's easy to see how being invisible might enhance the chances of tripping and injury. There's also the shock that comes when a cat you didn't see leaps onto your lap and otherwise interacts with you. And, of course, transparent cats are much harder to find if they get loose. Little is known about feline transparency syndrome, but it is believed to be linked to a double recessive gene. No cure is imminent, so most vets suggest putting a sweater on your transparent cat, since collars don't seem to be enough to alert you to their presence. Painting the cat is, of course, right out. Please note that FTS only affects cats over the age of one year and under the age of 10. The Doclopedia, number 623. New Breeds of Cat The Dwarf Portuguese Jungle Cat the dwarf Portuguese jungle cat is among the rarest of breeds. In fact, there is only so far one specimen known, a male named Flash. If he is indicative of the species, then we can assume that they are tiny, cute, and unrepentant scallywags. The DPJC weighs in at only around 6 pounds, has short hair that is striped exactly like that of a tiger, and he has large green eyes. The ears are somewhat rounded, adding to the tigerish look. These cats are very playful and get along well with most dogs, but they are never to be trusted around rodents, rabbits, or any bird smaller than a goose. When angered, the DPJC will fight with amazing ferocity. 
The DPJC has also shown the ability to eat huge quantities of food of all sorts. Shortly thereafter, they fall into a very deep food coma, during which one can handle them or even bathe them without waking them. The DPJC is also a cat that likes the ladies. They will attempt to mate with females many times their size, often quite successfully. Okay, folks, it is time for a random place, and this one is the House of Cats. Now, depending on how you want to run your game, this could be a house with a lot of real cats, it could be a house with a few real cats and a lot of other cat stuff, or it can just be a house that's just full of all sorts of cat items. Cat paintings, cat sculptures, cat-looking trim on the walls, who knows? Uh, could have a sofa that looks like a big cat you sit on it that actually be kind of fun uh whatever the deal is this house is all cat oriented now if there are actual real cats living here then there probably is someone here who feeds them and if there's not anybody feeding them and they're still living in the house that's very damn strange and you may want to add a supernatural element to that the cats can be normal the cats could be magical. The cats could have strange powers. The cats could be sapient. The cats could be shapeshifters. They could be almost anything, but they're definitely cats. Now, are these cats friendly to your player characters? Are they hostile? Do they not care? Do they have some hidden agenda? Who knows? But it's a house, and it's full of cats, and you can use it however you want. In any genre, because it would fit. You could have it out in the Wild West. You could have it in a pulp game. You could have it in the future. Some sort of house on an alien planet that the Star Trek folks or somebody go to. Of course, in a fantasy world, it's right there. That's, you know, fits a fantasy world well. It also fits a horror or a cult-themed situation. Um, modern times, plenty of houses full of cats. Most of them you don't want to probably go into because the people who have that many cats aren't cleaning up after them very well. That's it. Uh, it's a house full of cats. I hope you use it in your game, and I hope you let me know if you do. Well, gentle listeners, we have once again come to the end of the show, and I would like to thank you all so much for listening. If you have any suggestions, comments, or questions, I can be reached on Facebook, where I am Doc Cross, on WordPress at the Docaverse blog, on the Mastodon Dice Camp server as Doc Cross, via email at agentroscoe at gmail.com. If you are listening via Anchor, you can leave a voicemail, and you patrons can leave a message on my Patreon page, and they will send me a text about it, and I'll get right back to you. If you'd like to support me via Patreon and hear these podcasts at the very least two months before they go up on Anchor, go to www.patreon.com forward slash doccross and pledge as little as a buck a month or more. More is always good. For one-time or occasional donations, you can use my coffee ko-fi page at doccross4591 and you know, pledge once, pledge every two or three months, however you feel like it. If you would like to sponsor this podcast or advertise on it, 
Get in touch with me by any of the means I just mentioned, and we will work out a deal. Our music was Watch It by Mr. Smith off of the Free Music Archives. This podcast and everything on it, except the music, is copyright 2023 by Doc Cross. I will see you all next week. Until then, live long and prosper.